cloud. This is Frame of Reference. Welcome, welcome back. Um, I am your um, one of your co-hosts. I am Takesha. Pronouns are she, her, they, them. I'm here with you today with my co-host. Shanice, she, her. Um, we are coming to you from New Jersey, I guess. I don't, know. I don't usually say that, but we are. <laughs> I don't know. I've been in a couple of calls where I have to tell my location. Um, we are coming from the land of the Lakota, uh, the, the Lakota, uh, Lenape land. <laughs> don't, if, I have no idea where Lakota came from. <laughs> uh, is that the name of the wolf preserve that we did? The, mm-hmm. Was that what it's called? Look, yeah. Okay, so the LA was in my brain somewhere. But we are... Um, Coming to you with our episode four of the season six. That's what I wrote down in my notes. If that's wrong, my bad. Um, Thank you for joining us. I did actually look at the um, our um, numbers the other day. And I think the last episode, the episode two had like 22 listens. I was like, wait, what? 22? Who's out there listening to this? But if you are listening to this, uh, please let us know. I was just sharing with Shanice um, right before we hit record that I was listening to the Dem Black Mamas podcast and they were talking about like, you know, losing the momentum to continue recording. I'm not necessarily saying I'm there per se, but I think it would be nice to kind of know who our commu- who's listening to us and what what we talk about that interests you or whatever. I I need some feedback. That's what I really need. I need more engagement in that way. When we were, when we first started the podcast, even now our one or two people who listened to it would, it would tell us, hey, that was great. Like, we love that. I, I kind of need that. Not necessarily for like, um, what's it called? Ego reasons, but more for like, to know, like it just goes into the void. You're like, we're, I mean, we enjoy talking to each other, but like if I'm talking to other people, it goes out into the, the universe and I don't know what's happening with that so yeah um that would be helpful if we could get some feedback uh please please thank you thank you um yeah so what's going on we are in a new month oh we've been in this month for a little bit I'm hoping that spring really comes I've been but um snow keeps showing up (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about because I, my internal clock is is fully in spring. We started spring cleaning. I am on spring schedule mentally. Like I, my body has. I feel like I had. I'm feeling like we had this conversation last year around this time. Now that I'm saying it, actually, but yeah, of course, I'm fully in spring, and it, mm. there will be snow tonight yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> I tell you I was at um yeah Elle's house today and one of her kids was like she said yeah this is chance of snow and they were like oh he was like oh <laughs> he was a, I was like yeah I know you feel like it's March like it's supposed to it was warm out like you feel like it's supposed but nope that this is this is global damn curse the global warming or whatever and it's not <laughs> even good like thick like a lot of snow where you can like do snow stuff. It's like just mm-hmm. enough to be a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Even the other day, it was mm-hmm. raining and snowing, yeah. interchanging, and my, my, I was like, it's fluffy, oh, but it's not. This, it was like, you decide on what temp, what what you want to do right out right, right now, but whatever, yeah. So we're in that vibe. I do want to get more. I do want to do some spring cleaning, like things that I need to get rid of. So I have a bunch of like kids' clothes, some toys, um, a table. I just want to get rid of stuff. I'm ready to have like a um yard sale or something where i just have it out there and like you can just donate and put up by donation please donate to chocolate milk cafe because that's that's all that is the brand i'm at we really need to like get up our donations i am not i don't think it's that i'm not good at like fundraising i think i'm just you know i'm in this phase where i'm like responsible for so many things that the fundraising thing is just not happening for me um and we need more people in that so yeah but I do, we have some stuff going on that I really would like to raise some money for. But yeah, um, what else is going on? I was just telling Shanice because um, our last episode was recorded in January and I posted it like a week ago from when we're recording this. So I don't, hopefully this one goes out in a better timely manner. We're trying to do them um, bi-monthly. That's the word, right? Bi-monthly or bi-weekly or is that the same thing? Something like that. Every other week. <laughs> and i just yeah i just you know i forget um janice tells me they're ready to go and then i just am not logged into the right thing and i just you know i just got to get my bearings on some of this stuff but yeah so um yeah we i don't know what else did i say i was was gonna i said i was gonna get updated i wanted to shout out one of our um one of the people um in my community or whatever that is on this like spring baking challenge on Food Network. My kids were really excited to watch her last week for the first episode. Um, And we went to her shop over the weekend. Um, That was really fun. She makes like French pastries. So I don't eat macarons macarons because they're, um, they usually are made with almond uh, flour and I don't really like almond stuff. She said they're not that bad, but my Jonathan... (laughs) bought one and he bought a chocolate one and he tried it and because we were like oh you eat it in the car but I was like well he wanted to buy two but I told him buy one and try I was like I guess try this one and see like literally he bit into it's like these are so good (laughs) so yeah yeah so the kids enjoyed it Kamora got one that was like blue it's supposed to be birthday cake but it was like blue so her mouth was blue (laughs) I was like yeah that's what happens I had to explain to them what happens with food diet so that was interesting um but yeah, uh, they enjoyed that. So I think we can go back for more for macarons. I just, I think Greg got an apple pastry. Uh, she happened to have made the twins' um, fifth birthday cake. So I really enjoyed like supporting her or whatever. It's interesting, the second episode um, that they did, um, I watched it the other day. Um, she I had a little bit of a um, anxiety attack on air and that's where he's uh, I was like oh I need to go watch it because she was like posting about every time she an episode happened she reacts to something it was funny the first episode um she made they made um cake based off of uh um, herbs or flowers like lavender um her her herb was um or her flower was um hibiscus so she made this like hibiscus cake and she like the cake came out really red I was like oh and she made this sorrel jam so because she made a sorrel jam the um black uh judge on there was like well what's your ethnicity and she was like I'm black 
apparently that was like the takeaway from the episode because people kept so she there's a meme she has a meme i was like oh look that's cute you're a meme <laughs> it's like i'm black i'm like ah oh, that's hysterical well one of the things i do enjoy about it is like my daughter seeing her like on there with like her hair all out and it's like afro it's not, oh not really afro afro but like her natural hair all out my daughter like seeing stuff like that um yeah that's her she's her favorite contestant I, they didn't watch the second episode though because i watched it all late but i do like doing that stuff for my kids we watched nailed it when that first came out which was our conversation earlier she said i meant to mention to you it reminded me of a nailed it scenario <laughs> so one can have a podcast that's you know where they you're just watching them kind of like not do so well <laughs> that could be the here are my my fuck ups basically. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> it could be like that. Anyway, yeah. So that's what's going on with us. Um, uh, I have some medical stuff that I'm trying to take care of. I hate the medical industry, by the way. I I hate it all. I hate everything about how we bill people and how people have to pay first the way they have. I understand we have to pay stuff. I'm not saying I should everything should be free. But I hate the system. I hate the way it's designed. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, so there's that. <laughs> well, what what's going on with you that you may want to like share a little bit about? Um, uh, I don't really have a bit. We have a lot. I know I say that all the time, and then people tell me <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot. So I, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm unawares. I don't know. My oldest is starting to do some volunteering. And so they have some applications and whatnot to fill out. Um, and we've been restocking our pantries and freezers because I don't trust y'all. So there's the. Mm. Um, Getting ready and for that spring and is, the next is in the in, in the air. We have been doing lots of spring stuff, yes. Yeah. So we're restocking our herbs, our herb jars that we use most often, and um, seeing what other things we need to refill. See what kind of spring teas. I'm getting ready to start making my allergy ice pops. Probably I have to get some more. Um, bags to get my freezer prepped for that because there was one day last week where my eyes were just mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. in between the snow days mm-hmm. it I've was been warm the- and sunny and sneezy um, i've been getting like dry like i'm like oh i need to like i've been par- parched like my throat has been dry but yeah i keep forgetting you make those great ice pops i need me need to get those bags oh put that on my to-do list other than that, I think just lots of reading. I think I finished three books this week. So mm-hmm. I did start last month. I didn't get to the book club book because I kept putting it off. So I did start start the book club book. Yeah, I may not be doing that book this club week. book this week because I yeah because I I still have the two books from the past two book clubs that I w- really want to finish, and then I bought this book. Well. It's my research book for Chocolate Milk Cafe, um, Black Fatigue. Mm. It's that because I was trying to figure out books for our retreat since it's like our retreat is like about rest. 
Um, although I'm, I think that might be too heavy because we also, um, one of our workshops is going to be about um, community engagement. So somebody gave me a bunch of group book ideas. So we got to figure out if we're going to give away a book or, you know, have a book to give out. Um, I think beyond that, yep. yeah, just getting our spring schedule set, like logging into um, finalized schedules and what sports people are going to do, kids are going to do, and like what their outside of the house activities are going to be, and who's taking them. Because that's yeah. a good part. <laughs> which parent is accompanying them on which to which activities on which days, and yeah. all of that. And now that they're set, I may look back at my town rec and see if they have anything that I want to do. In the winter, they were doing like cer- adult ceramics, and I never. I think it filled up either it filled up before I got around to it or I missed the deadline but like something Mm -hmm. that is not involving any children that sounds lovely did you um what what was the name of the books that you said you read um I did not say Mm -hmm. training things so the one that I started for the book club is what hunter gather parent or hunt gather parent you started see. it, you said? I started it. Um, Monday or Tuesday. Mm. I'm trying to pull up my goodies. Because they all run together in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of them that I read this week was a period book. It's like the companion to... Um, the Netflix, I think it's still on Netflix. Mm, period. Like yeah, it was not. I mean, it was a quick read. I I would not recommend it to anybody though, mm. because it took a turn in the end. I don't know what happens where people feel like in order to validate themselves or prop themselves up, they have to. criticize or like demean alternative practices and I just mm-mm. you could have kept that to yourself uh, yeah I definitely don't like that so what was it period end of a sentence I read that don't read that um hunt gather parent I, I read it ancient, so that you don't have to right what ancient cultures teach us about Something like raising helpful, healthy children. Yeah. Happy, helpful little humans. That's the one we're doing for book club this month. And then what was the yeah. other one I finished this week? I'm going to have to come back to that one at another time. Um, it was a novel. Well, it was like, it was a memoir. It was written like a novel. Um. Mm by a white woman who went to Italy and became an expat. Don't read that either. Um, <laughs> Again, I, I love the, I love that you take one for the team. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I, feel like I don't think they, you should have to, but I'm just saying I love that you're. <laughs> I just feel like she in particular, I'm not even going to tell you the title because it's not worth reading. It was just very much like I, a privileged, wealthy white woman, li- privileged, wealthy white woman, am going to Italy 
And I am going to speak about these people who are also white, but they're not my type of white. As if they are, I'm observing animals in the zoo. And then when I recognize that they are also wealthy and privileged and high class within the sphere of their culture, as I'm folded into that, I'm still going to report on this as if I am observing some animal cultures, but I'm just going to use slightly better language because now I am one of them, but I'm going to talk about everybody else in a demeaning way, especially if they talk about it. And then I can just blame them for being classist against the other people. And I'm concerned that I'm using their language. This is like, mm, no, not so much. Almost, but not really. <laughs> oh, people, people, but people, it's fascinating people. about like, the i mean it's not it's certainly not new to me or my awareness but it is it is fascinating to see white people other other white people <laughs> it's like you you know that they white too right <laughs> they're not the the right type of white until you marry into the family and then and then it's cool. It's just very bizarre. They be tripping. But then That's like amazing. but like I said, this is not new in any regards, right? But and then like I know people personally who, who tell stories about like how their relatives or whatever do like, oh well Italians aren't really white and it's like I, there's there's history there. But it's just like, okay. Or like other immigrant groups be like, you know, well, or like Irish people who used to not be considered white mm. are like, oh, we're whiter than Italian people. Italian people aren't really white. It's just like, yeah, there's a lot of mess here and it's sloppy it's and messy. Right. But, oh, and that was the other thing that was Wait, So Irish people are all of a sudden white when it's not talking about slavery times? Like all of a sudden they... Well, that, that is the okay. backdrop against which okay. they became white, right? It's like mm-hmm. post-slavery minstrel shows, all of that is, is the background or the, mm-hmm. the thing which propelled them into whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, but the other interesting thing about this book and this person, um, and I don't want to send any readers or clicks her away, so I'm not going to... Mm-hmm. is that she is American, North American from like Virginia or something, but she mm-hmm. is of Italian descent. So it's like American Italian is white, but Italian Italian is not really. There were just so many layers of just like dissidence and I was like, okay, all right. It's so funny. Not that- likable. And the thing is, even though, and so like even the infusion, because I think my husband asked me about it too. I think I said the same thing. Like it's a novel. Like it is her memoir, 
but it reads like a novel because I am infinitely, in looking at the reviews, people were infinitely more interested in the other people. Everybody but the author herself. She, she put a lot of interesting characters that- So like you're here, her. but everybody else that you know is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Way more interesting. We want to see what happens to them on this ride. We don't care for you. <laughs> we, you were the we least interesting actually, person in this whole thing. We may want to actually like find out them from them about their story. Now you done made these people put these people in the. <laughs> it's so funny if you when you really like boil down to what makes someone white, and it's like bland, like the absence of culture is what. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. every time you strip it down, it's like, oh, you're because you're Italian, you're too, you're too ethnic, you're, you're too spicy, you put too many flavors in your, you're, you have too much flavor, so you're not, you can't be white, there's too much flavor there. <laughs> it's hysterical. Like it's like you don't understand how insulting you are. You, you're insulting yourself there. Like okay, you can be less white. I mean, are more white because you're, yeah, it's void of culture or you had stolen it and stripped it. Like it's all, yeah. Anyway, that's hysterical. Um, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm still reading. Sorry. I'm still reading medical apartheid. I am so behind and I have not picked up any of those books in the past couple of weeks. Um, what I have been doing that I am proud of myself for is um, I got an iPad for Christmas and I got um, Adobe Illustrator on it. So I've been learning how to illustrate on, like, you know, do some graphic design stuff very subtly. I'm learning slowly, but I am proud of myself for like kind of doing some of that stuff. And um, I also am reminding myself how much I actually like to craft. Um, we have a goal for, like I keep mentioning this chocolate milk retreat. Um, when you do lactation support, you kind of, it's really good to show belly sizes of the babies because, um, you know, when, when a baby's born, if they're getting formula, they get like two ounces of the formula and the baby's belly is like the size of a cherry. If not a smaller one. Yeah, it's like really, like, I, I guess like, it's like an ounce, half an ounce, half an ounce or something, right? So you're giving all this milk to them, but you know, so when you're breastfeeding, you kind of like, so it's good to show like the size of the belly. So we were going to, I wanted to do this activity, but I bought all these like craft beads, like ball, wooden balls, and they're all like, you know, unpainted, unfinished, boring. So I got some vegetable dye, I mean, like plant-based dyes, and I've been dyeing them. And then I've been showing on my Instagram <laughs> and Facebook account, like the process. Today, I got some mineral oil as a suggestion because I was like, they look kind of ashy. So now I've oiled them all up. I keep making these ball jokes. It's kind of funny, but I really enjoy the crafting process. It's so peaceful for me. And I'm like, the kids helped out. Like the reason why I like kind of needed to hurry up and do it is because one of my kids was like, I want to play with all these balls because I can make planets. And then I told them what my plan was. And then they're like, okay, when are you going to do this? And then, of course, the place I found the plant-based size were, were like overseas. So 
it took a while to come. First, she sent me the wrong, my like somebody else's order. So then I had to wait for them to come. And then they came this weekend at pass. So I was like, okay, we can do it. So that's what we did. So the kids got involved. They picked colors that they wanted to help dye. Um, and now they've just been waiting for them to like get to a point because Kyson just wants to play with them. So now that I've oiled them, next thing Kyson's going to be like, can I play with them now? <laughs> um, but we're just, they're, they're intended to be as an activity. So I'm excited about it. I just enjoy the process. I like, I think they look so pretty. I enjoy doing it. I want to make more of them. Like, I don't have no reason to make these things, but I really liked it. Like I found it, you know, calming to just sit there and like color them and watch the process and rinse them. And like now I oil them and it's just like, I like this. I need more so I need more crafting, like what you were saying, like how you need, you find some, I just need more crafting projects. I've been wanting to knit and I haven't really like been able to follow through on that because it requires me to like use my brain just to get the process going. And I guess get distracted so easily these days. So something that, and then I was doing puzzles, but this last puzzle I bought is, has overwhelmed me. So I put it aside for a while so I need to just get back into some of those things I find just keeping the tv off in the evening mm. goes a long way toward getting things done yeah well it's hard because me and my husband don't really have um common ground on things we can do together so we've been watching the office together <laughs> So that's what we do at night when with the TV on. But when he's watching something that I have no interest in, I've been going to my room and that's why I've been doing the, um, what's it called? My learning the um, Adobe Illustrator. But I just, I don't have, my bigger complaint is that I don't have a craft room. <laughs> and for me, what that means is like, I want a space where I can put out an activity and it stay there and I can come back to it whenever I feel like it. So I've had a space like my of my own to do that because I can't do it on dining room table. The kids interrupt stuff on the dining room table. We just got them their own desks. So that's something where they can work more so they don't have a lot of their schoolwork on our dining room table. But right now I do have these beads on the dining room table, but that's a little different. But if I put like, when I put puzzles out, they were trying to help with the puzzle. I tried to cover the puzzle so they wouldn't mess with it. Then they keep moving the um, tablecloth. So the puzzle kept moving and it was a puzzle that... Mm-hmm. It's a dinosaur puzzle, so obviously they were interested in it too, but it just, I just couldn't get my flow going for it because it's, I'm like, whose teeth are these? They know the names of the dinosaurs. I'm like, what does this go? And I just, I just got too overwhelmed because they can help, but they can't actually complete like a hundred, was it a hundred piece puzzle? No, it has to be more than a hundred pieces, 500 pieces maybe. It's just, it's too much for them to do alone, but I was doing it with them and it's just, I just couldn't follow through on it, but um. And I never did finish that other moon one that I have that's round. I have a whole bunch of puzzles that are Because <laughs> I'm like, I need to put it out on a table and I could just like play with the pieces and then come back to it when I want to. And I bought a coffee table for this that, but now everybody puts their stuff on a coffee table. So I can't even use that. It's just always something. This is what I was telling somebody like, it's like I have these like goals, like these projects. And it's just like, if this works and then I could do this and then the, the if part doesn't pan out and then if it does and I forget the thing the next system I just need to get my act together ah anyway anyway I didn't mean to like overshare <laughs> like department. an art file yeah 
yeah yeah uh i do need to do some more organizing in this room and i just can't have exactly what i what i feel i need i just have to come up with another solution to that so i'll get there eventually maybe when the spring comes and i can like remove stuff and like get rid of things i can I liked your idea that you gave us the other day about um, watching hoarders. I'm like, yeah, maybe that'll motivate me to like <laughs> reduce my clutter. I need that. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. All right. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to say anything else, but I was maybe gonna get into our topic that we had planned to discuss. Um, I don't know if you know who um, Stacey Patton is. She is a, what, what does she do? What's her? Um, I know she's a professor. professor. Journalism professor, okay. Um, but she does a lot of, she does a lot of work about um, child abuse, parent, like with um, black kids based on their, um, spankings and like um corporal punishment whatever you want to call that uh, for children uh she wrote a book called spare the kids why whooping children won't save black america that book i need to bring back out because i'd never finished that book um but she did a discuss i randomly came across um that she was talking this week about, um, she did a presentation on decolonizing parenting. I don't know the full title, but I think that was what the main title was um, related to like, you know, I guess I could find it. The violence that is bestowed upon black children at the hands of their black parents under the guise of protecting them from police, I guess the streets, whatever. Um, so I really um, was curious because she was like posting about, um, I'm over here trying to find it. I, I do not know how to navigate my email. Um, she was posting like questions about, um, images that she wanted like memes that she was asking her community for so i uh, was like oh i would love to join this and then i went back to her page and realized that it was a um thing happening this week oh, all right well i'm not gonna be able to find the name of this thing because i don't know what to type in to find it in my email and my emails are funny oh I, I lied here it is um it's called Decolonizing Black Parenting, a conversation about race and physical punishment. That's what it was called. And it was led by Adverse Childhood Experiences. It's like CAST, CAST course. All right, they said they do it like every year or something like that, but it's usually in person. So, you know, when I see the word decolonizing, I kind of get interested, although sometimes it's a at this point when I colonized see that, I roll my eyes. <laughs> although it is a colonized term in these days, but it is like, yeah. Um, I know when I use it sometimes I'm like, I need a new word. But what does it matter? They're just gonna co-op that word too, right? Um, but yeah, so what did you think of the um 
presentation. <laughs> I kind of, uh, so she I mean, starts I off. I feel like I, for one, I'm not the target audience here, right? So like, yeah. for me, both as a history person um, and a conscious attachment, gentle, positive, whatever parenting, whatever we're calling it now, um, person, there wasn't a lot of new information there for me. Um, I don't think it was a bad presentation in any way. It's just not, there wasn't very much there for me. I also find it extremely distracting when I feel like this this many years into, you know, Zoomageddon, why are we still playing games with Zoom? Why are we still like seeing your clapping emojis in the middle of people's presentations, your random thoughts that you could share to people in the actual room with you, but we don't need to see because they pop up on our screens too. <laughs> well, oh, that's what I was going to say, because you said you um, like you missed a little bit. When we first started, when I first joined it, she was like playing music and half the people treated it like it was a webinar. Their cameras were off. And then she asked everyone to turn their cameras on. She wanted to see their faces. And then she said, I'll take everybody come off of mute. And I want to hear you. Talk. And I was just like, what like, why do you want people to do this? I understood why she was saying she wanted it. But then I was like, I don't know if I will. Because one person was talking and was like, I'm so excited for this. I'm like, they were like so excited. And she, I was like, why would you want these people to come off of mute? This is not the but Yeah. So that's why I was like, and then she asked for like, hand raising and certain things that I was just like, I understand doing this in a classroom setting to be engaged, but I'm like, I don't know if, why you're doing it here. <laughs> so I, that's why some of that stuff I think, but yeah, I agree. I can't. Well, no, like asking you to, that, asking that, you to yeah. interact at a certain time, it's fine. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. your random, like, I agree with this point. Let me talk about yeah, how much I agree with this point. Like that's mm-hmm. popping up on everybody's screen. Like, yeah, we don't need. Yeah, to see I it. agree with the chat stuff. I never, like, I, I, and I don't even ch- check in chats. I actually happened to look down at the chat, and somebody like because I shared it with my chocolate milk cafe community, whatever. And one of the facilitators joined it, and she, I happened to look down, and she was said, "I was like, oh, let me go look at the chat because this was directed right to me." And I replied to it. I'm like, but I hate looking at chat. If I see twenty. Like check, I I don't check the chat because I'm like I first of all if I'm like the one leading I can't read the chat and engage I don't know why. that's the thing right like you people... don't even have to be in the chat to see it like it's going to pop up on everybody's screen it's like mm-hmm. please stop yeah but also especially when you're not actually adding anything to the conversation right yeah but I never understand why people are talking to the presenter in the chat like the pre- she's pre- I'm presenting. Why are you trying to have a conversation with me while I'm presenting? You want me to talk to you while I'm doing I'm like I can't who, who who can multitask like that successfully? I never understand that. Like, yeah, I don't I don't like the people do chat thing. But yeah, um the extra stuff. Um, I was also a little bit irked because you all hear me complain all the time about certain spaces and she recommended this space like 10 times. And I'm like, this, you know how many people I have blocked in this space alone? 
Oh my God, I was gonna ask you if you're part of that group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I was gonna ask you. Was For like, years, you were me complaining about. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that group. How problematic like, this species is. Denise is in. I, I think she was uh, like speaking of the the other the reason why we're not so much of a fan of the terminology. She, I think, was at that conference that um like one year. Or was it Akila? No, I think Stacey was there too. I think Stacey was a guest at that conference. But yeah, I yeah. But she don't have kids, so maybe she don't understand some of the <laughs> but, I mean, but, but yeah, I was like. I feel like this might be one of those things. I feel like Shanice has mm-hmm. like flagged the, the space, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't join those spaces. So yeah, I can't, I can't join any more like Facebook groups. I need to leave the ones that I'm in at this point. But um, yeah, that was funny. I I hate when people do that, when they're like, when there's like, okay, I respect the, the information that you're putting out there. And then you like make a suggestion about something. It's like, do you know? do you know do you not follow it's the same thing with people like you know how i feel about certain people and then some people be like oh i love so-and-so they're in your area i'm like not that person i do not want to connect with that person (laughs) but yeah overall i agree with you like i i'm not necessarily a target audience and what one of the reasons why i like going to stuff like that is because as somebody who sits in spaces where I do have to like be responsible for doing presentations. So like kind of seeing how people who are considered scholars, how they do stuff. I liked her talking about how when she, um, cause she talks about a lot of heavy content and a lot of like, you know, um, things that can bring up a lot of trauma in people that she, um, how she cares for the students in the spaces, right? Like um, playing music or um, meditating. She said she med- like does a meditation thing before prior to classes I like that she offers out the presentation um I meant to email her asking for the slides um what's it called uh what else did she say she did with the students like she's just very mindful with the students that I thought that was really nice so I like that part of it like um getting hearing that stuff but like the actual class I could do without that I did not know the thing about um, Barack Obama. I don't think I've ever heard that, but I also think that Barack Obama does a lot of pandering to the black community, just like they're accusing Kamala Harris of doing, like saying what he thinks they want to hear. Like, as you weren't you raised by your white parents and grandparents? Like, were you really reared the way that you think black children should be reared? But then you don't, you didn't spank your own children. Like, it's just weird. (laughs) But I think so. Like that. To me, comes back around to I think I'm trying to find the right words. I feel like uh, anybody who's looking at Barack Obama, right, and all that he's and even Michelle, right, this is not what they've grown up with they've been very vocal about that and Mm -hmm. up until he was elected i feel like half of y'all was going on about how he wasn't really black and not black enough Mm -hmm. so then to turn this and then and then all of a sudden he was elected and now he's uber black and he's our our this now an hour that um Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like that shouldn't be surprising at all in terms of his behavior yeah. and how that contrasts his own personal beliefs and whatnot. Because again, looking at something from just beyond, right? Yeah. And what we are saying or what we're saying to each other. So this is part of the problem. What we're saying to each other is the culture. So yeah. it's not surprising to me that people who didn't grow up in that culture or grew up on the fringes when they are trying to connect with people take on aspects of that that they themselves have no experience with, even mm-hmm. if it's toxic or whatever, because yeah. this is what we, we're saying amongst each other is the our hallmarks of, of the culture, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel like for a lot of people... Black culture is just one big ass trauma bond, and it's like, well, that's why so you know. much of it. And it's like, yeah, of course, people are going to take that and run yeah. with it, whether or not they actually live that experience, because you're saying that this is what mm-hmm. it means to be black. That's like the every once in a while, we I throw in how we hate watch um blackish and white people like that. And it's like, even with all the horrible parenting decisions they make, mm-hmm. and even all the toxic shit that they throw out there y'all still like yeah this is a great show what is what? <laughs> like what's great about it like he's mean he hates his oldest son like he's so mean to him like why is that okay and the thing and here's the thing about black right because even in like my kids recent because they made the move to disney plus and like it shows up in the beginning mm-hmm. like as soon as you log on like the, the things we've added recently um Blackish is on Disney Plus. They've started, yeah, a lot of stuff like Grownish and a whole the bunch ABC, of things. The uh, whole, the yeah, the whole ABC lineup has now moved to Disney Plus. Uh, I have not even paid attention. Okay. Um, and it's right at the front. So they started watching Blackish again from the beginning. And what it reminded me of is that it was just as problematic in that first season, but the first season was truer to the integrity of the show, right? Mm. So like they were, we had this conversation about where Black-ish comes from, right? Mm. And it was Mm. so much more. And the premise of the show was about Mm. those class dynamics, right? And Mm. how the class dynamics interfere and disconnect the perceptions of race. Yeah. and the racial, racial experience and I remember how everybody so many people so many black people hated that show in the first season because they felt mm-hmm. like it couldn't relate to it and it was unrealistic so mm-hmm. when they moved into the second and third season particularly by the third season there was a lot less of that we are going to kind of flush out and discuss the actual class issue that is impacting us and thus the premise for the show and we're just going to focus on more of a general experience Mm. type thing which is right and now we're catering to and it was like yeah no we need to have a conversation about this yeah which was which is what is annoying about the show because they do a lot of like i always have this issue where i'm like oh this topic is kind of interesting. They're going to touch like their colors and episodes. Like, but, but like they get into this thing and then it's like, oh, y'all just talking to white people. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. 
you start off, and but, but black people still love the show. They're like, talking you start to off white process. people, but in order for the black people to be comfortable for the most part, or the most of the black people, right? then we have to not also talk about how well off we are. You can see us being well off, but we can't talk about the issues that we are experiencing at the intersection of both class and wealth. We're not allowed to have those issues and be a black show. Yeah, but yeah. And then my my least favorite things is when they lean into like, like, okay. I and that is like, very much to me that same thing that we're talking about, right? With yeah. the, the Obama thing, right? Like, no, you didn't live this experience necessarily, but you're going to claim it as your own in order to, because we're telling each other that this is what Black people is. So it's not Black to be well mm-hmm. off, right? And to be struggling with that. That's not Black enough. So we need to focus then on things mm-hmm. we feel like are more universally Black or safe Black. Mm-hmm. And so we can still be bad parents as long as we're general bad black parents and not focusing on our, the issues of our being wealthy, bad Mm. black parents. Which is funny because it's so unrealistic. But also then you would have to have the conversation of, can you actually be a bad parent, be a bad black parent if you are a wealthy black parent, right? Because in a lot Mm. of, a lot of these conversations, just being wealthy is enough. You've done your part and everything your kid should be thankful for existing Mm. in the paradigm of wealth or wealth adjacency, right? Mm. Well, then it's like, I was listening to, um, I told you, not the nod. I hate the show and everything about it, but the the jump from season one to season three and knowing exactly what they were doing and having mm-hmm. people play perfectly into that that's mm-hmm. a conversation that somebody needs to be having somebody besides yeah. me needs to be having <laughs> I, I i i i do think that there needs to be more thought um think pieces people on the way hated that show. like and i remember Facebook, everything. People were so like this. Uh, no, it didn't have nearly the general black consensus around it that first season that it has now, and that was a big part mm. of it. Yeah, I, I, I can't stand that people still like it. I'm like, it's still bad. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Um, the for Color Nerds was having had an episode um, two episodes ago. I don't know how many of this two ago about black the um, bad black moms because there's like this trend of having bad moms on um, like shows or whatever. Like they're not perfect or whatever. But can there be a black mom version of that? They were asking. Like it was like an interesting thing. They toyed with some shows. I don't remember which ones they were called because I don't watch them. But not the same um, way because then people yeah. get. Bad dad is a trope that um, exists beyond blackness in TV, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. And we watch a lot of old TV, right? Like, mm-hmm. I grew up watching old TV. We watch a lot of old TV. Um, but even in the shows that are coming out, like, aside from the the Leave It to Beavers, right? Like, 
but even things that were coming out at that time period, like dad is the, the, the brunt of the joke. It's like, oh, dear old stupid dad or like goofy dad, dad who doesn't know any better. We're going to like, dad's going to do this and we're going to come over here and we're going to like whisper about him and yeah. like laugh about him. Like, and like he does do stupid things or he doesn't know any better, but mom's going to come in and fix it. Right. Or we're going to like, whatever. And there are some things particularly kids shows where mom is also the brunt of the joke but I find that it has to be either a single mom or both parents it's not like dad's the good guy and mom is the goof or the fuck up yeah and I think part of that is that people are very and that's moms in general Mm -hmm. but I think the same thing applies and then I think when you get to black women too it's another level of people getting um hype not hypersensitive but then we get into the issues of political correctness right we are very careful to tiptoe around the idea of um accidentally having somebody interpret it as the hysterical woman or the stupid woman who doesn't know any better and like dad has to save and fix everything or like the incompetent woman. And then we get, um, and then with black women, the stakes get even higher, right? Because it's like, oh, you're saying that black women are incapable. Oh, you're saying that black women are stupid. Oh, you're saying that black women are unworthy and all of these things. So it's more about tiptoeing around the call-out culture right yeah or the the tropes like i don't want to be accused of being anti-feminist i don't want to be accused of this it is much easier to navigate incompetent dad across race than it is incompetent mom well i think because i think one of the examples they gave about maybe the something that was maybe uh, they gave other ones but the one i'm thinking about is like maybe they're close to like everybody hates Chris, but they were like, that's from the kid's point of view. So it's okay. Like, it's like, like how the parents show up. It's like, it's the parent. It's not the, like the, from the parent's point of view, it's from the kid's point of view or whatever. But I don't think anybody thinks. But even then the things themselves were not actual mm-hmm. issues, right? Yeah. Like dad's cheat. That's not really, I mean, it impacts you, but it's not really. Yeah. That's fair. You know, Mm-hmm. mom's loud and like mm-hmm. uh one of the things that they yeah. talked about that i thought was funny was like how they parade around um jack from this is us as like as some kind of think piece on like how he's a great dad because that's not expected mm-hmm. of like there's not a lot of like examples of like a good father role model like dads are but expected like, yeah, to be like, like it's interesting Blackish could not exist, right? If the mm-hmm. roles were reversed, Mm-mm. like it just it couldn't. Mm-hmm. And like you get tinges of like Bo being out of touch, right? Or Bo's like silly; she's not as cool as she thinks she is, and that's something we can laugh at. But that is a wider trope of like, you know, not cool parents. But she could never get away with being as horrible as Dre is to to yeah. Zoe even 
right? Yeah. Not even like oh, yeah. she absolutely couldn't get away with it with Junior, but even to to mm-hmm. Zoe or Diane, like it just no. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, and the only reason we get Ruby can get away with it is because of the trope already exists of mother-in-law and daughter-in-law mm-hmm. being a thing, right? The funny thing is, if Bo was actually not nice to her female daughters that would be so in line with like black experience mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be like but the culture is we have to protect right mm-hmm. black woman black womanhood even when it is mm-hmm. toxic yeah black motherhood black motherhood is we can't talk about how it's an issue like you I'm trying you to think to appreciate Because even if you take something original Roseanne run, right? Mm-hmm. She's obnoxious, but she's not particularly horrible. And like, mm-hmm. and she doesn't get away with it being just the kids. Like if she was just that way with the kids, even though it's more mm-hmm. obnoxious than horrible, doesn't work. It has to be, it has to include Dan, like it has to include everybody, but particularly it has to include her spouse. Right? It cannot just be the kids. Well, one of their examples was um, Peggy Bundy. And I don't even think it's bad mom as much as it's like flawed mom, like realistic moms, like people who are not like put on this pedestal. But yeah, like Peggy, even like Peggy Bundy is like an interesting thing. I don't think there could be a black Peggy Bundy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah. I don't think that that show could exist now anyway well there's a couple of them like that yeah that makes sense um even in reruns right it is one of the things that people are very uncomfortable admitting that they watch reruns of (laughs) oh really i used to watch that all the time as a kid (laughs) i still love that show Um, and and there were limits right Mm-hmm. So, like, George Jefferson and Archie Bunker are not equals in their behavior. Their behavior mm-hmm. is both obnoxious, right? Their behavior is both bad, but they're not equal yeah. in, in the things that they say and do. And One, you're never going to, you were never going to be able to get away with George saying and doing things, all of the things that you can get away with Archie doing, even though both of them and their behavior is supposed to be the joke, right? We're supposed to be laughing at both of them. But Archie's always going to be able to get, get in and say things and do things that George mm-hmm. is not going to be able to do. And even yeah. now, and, and neither of those shows also could exist today. Mm-mm. On so many levels, yeah. Although they tried to, they, they, they did do that live. I don't know if it was, it wasn't as, did I watch? I thought, I think they did it twice, right? I feel like they did it more than once. What was the other one? They, they did with, one, with, like, one with them and then the other one was like, the facts of life and all of them. Oh, I thought they did two of the um okay. Um, but then they did the Webster one. Oh, the, the facts of life. Well, that was with older people though, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, whatever. TV is weird. <laughs> I heard that. Um, oh, listen to the read the um, what's it called? Who came back? Um, Medea did another movie. That's not surprising. On Netflix. It's it's not surprising, but it is still disturbing. Like I just don't understand. I don't. I less understand. I get if. Uh, okay. because it, it it is another thing right that's like embraced by the wider culture right yeah but like a tyler perry to me is like adam sandler you have enough money where your talent is not is null and void like you just do the things that you like tyler perry is writing these things because he can he can get away with it and he'll get paid to write this mm-hmm. horrible trash and he knows people will watch it i just don't understand why people are still watching <laughs> like i don't well, that's that's where the problem is, right? Yeah, I don't understand it. Like, like it's a lot of hate watching at this point. Like, what? why are we? Why? Well, I think more. I think more than that. I think there's still the pull where Tyler came in right during that time period where it was still like we watch black things. Black people watch black things to keep them making black things, and that has made. Tyler a millionaire but also there are plenty of other black things to watch but Mm -hmm. and also everybody making black things don't deserve the opportunity to be making black things that's like you're telling a child that they're gonna generational breakdown right it's like you you tell your child you can be anything you want to be yes dear you can be the next baseball um star and your kid can't hit a ball for nothing like it's just I don't yeah I I don't know I I just it just it just bugs me so much like he can just who it's less about what he's actually making or what he's pulling out that still (laughs) just grew up under that with that idea of like you patronize black things or you go to black things or you watch black things you give them the views or the clicks mm-hmm. because and to force them to succeed because it's a black thing right and there's not a lot of black things and mediocrity is just accepted and in the thing. midst of that right mediocrity has been allowed to flourish because it's, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody should is not deserving of the things that they yeah uh, and it's like I'm like he's not a bad actor. I've seen him in stuff where he's just acting. Like like that's not the thing. It's the writing, the writing in the Medea. Like, can you just give up that stuff, please? Please, can you retire it? Like, wait. Uh, so hard. And then no, I'm because like, because at I'm the judging, end of the day, but I don't even watch it. If it's and, in it, I don't. Yeah, that's fair. Until yeah. he himself dies, he will continue to put on a damn dress. I don't even, I mean, I'm like, I'm hard, I'm judging hard, and I don't even actually watch anything with Medea in it. I can't, I can't tolerate it, and I just don't, like, y'all just, it's it's also sad, right? It's somebody who grew up in a place and a time and an age where, like, the stage plays were still a thing that at least had a certain amount, like, it was never, like, Broadway, but, like, Mm -hmm there was still a certain amount of um, 
like respect given to them where I feel like now if somebody's doing a stage play you're like oh that, that's nice whereas like before you would be like oh okay so you know maybe maybe we can get like our friend group to go and go mm-hmm. out to dinner or something now it's like, like your friend tell you in the, now your friend tell you they're in a stage play and you're like oh guess what I did yesterday <laughs> let's just move on from this and move on quickly <laughs> um, and it's it's sad I feel like mm-hmm. you know to see that kind of capitalist influence because those those stage plays particularly the church plays right like mm-hmm. there was a certain amount of heart and authenticity in them mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people now have no idea what those stage plays are or that they even existed or that, that where they come came from. But for the people that saw them in the beginning to what what Medea is now, it's like, oof, this is painful to watch. It's like looking at little Kim today. Like I look at her and I just feel bad. I feel bad. Like I feel bad that these people have turned you into this and like made you feel that so you needed cute. to do these things. And like, I, I, it's not pity. Like I legit feel bad. Like I feel the hurt in my heart mm-hmm. that people have done this to you. Yeah. Well, and I kind of feel that way about what has happened. Like just the capitalist influence of just like completely pull the soul right out of what little soul there was right out of this and is made a complete mockery of Tyler yeah. and I think and I think part of it too is that I'm just I'm not impressed by anybody being a millionaire I don't think that there's an ethical way to do it so I'm not impressed by this I'm so not impressed somebody, um, like okay yeah I was like in order to be a millionaire you have to <laughs> oppress somebody you have to oppress somebody to become a millionaire but like it's it's just Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's it's not possible to just be like oh i have money without having to step on a bunch of people to get to that money like it's ridiculous we have gone so far money. away from barack yeah. obama in this the, parenting the, conversation yeah oh, yeah got the gist of the parenting conversation i was about to change the turn the channel again did you see this thing um about ryan coogler in the um yes <sighs> My, I, I have serious questions, but the biggest one is if I was going to rob a bank, why would that be the sentence that I'm going to rob the bank with? And give you my information. How, why, how, how is that mm-hmm. the sentence? Did you hear from those the, words? The call? Did you hear the call? Did mm-hmm. I say that? That was the thing that was like, Neither one of y'all thought to be like, well, ma'am, why don't you go check his ID? Like in the conversation, you have acknowledged that she did not confirm his identification, but had it to confirm. You were afraid to look up his account. He gave you the, like that. And so I'm like, my sister and I we were talking about it. Like, okay, I need, we need, we need to use this in our implicit bias um, discussion during our training because so much so people are like implicit biases for white people, implicit biases for white people. I'm like, 
No, we need to examine our own implicit bias. This was a black teller and these were black police officers. Like, <laughs> you can't even make this shit up. Like, it's pretty not... woman syndrome, right? And I've experienced that shit all of the time. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no many times I've had black women in particular, right? Say mm-hmm. some shit to me like, oh, you're so articulate. Mm-hmm. or you read that well, very well how the fuck else am i supposed to read it like, <laughs> well this is why when i look when i come into my like I, yes i've also had white people say shit to me but mm-hmm. i've had way too many black women in particular yeah. come at me with when some come like into, bullshit <laughs> when i've come into my social justice stuff i still have to unpack like a lot of microaggressions that I experienced as a child were by the hands of my Jamaican family members you know like the because the respectability of all those things Mm -hmm. like all of the issues that I have that's why I've like like my blackness was not like my surviving that wasn't my issue it was the isms of the other things because it was coming from black people so like yeah um and then like understanding the term all stuff today yeah of course but like yeah we perpetuate this shit so much and especially like all the issues and ailments we have it's not it's white supremacy because of respect but it's not yeah. yeah and it's ba- and it's all based in the respectability yeah so it's because it's still, right, it's like if i'm not dressed a certain way or if i'm not you know whatever then you're assuming all of these things mm-hmm. about me and my abilities just the same yeah. like, you know mm-hmm. so it's not like, yeah it's like oh black people can't be racist but you can uphold a racist system and structure like you do that all the time that's the problem <laughs> that's why we be here for some of this stuff it's not like i mean even you know some of the well i complain about medical issues and all this other stuff like some of this stuff like it's still by the hands of like you know, black people like it's not yeah we're not um what's it called um exempt from being biased and being upholding a racist system so yeah i i felt bad for him like i'm also amazed that what well, didn't this happen like in january or february like whatever like it took this long to come out but like you know also my news feed is this like we don't really talk on this show. I mean, this podcast a lot about like current events, but like even the Brittany, I don't know her last name, but the basketball, the WNBA player who's in Russia, like everybody's panicking about that and anything that I've read. I'm like, that sucks too. And that's been a couple of months. Like, like it's just, uh, it, it just I, I, I feel like the thing that I've seen about that has been like, why is this not the top news story? Or like, why, why are people we know not- why? And arms are like why why are we just not it's like but you know the answer to this question already i just feel like um maybe we need a new perspective here because you already know why you know yeah. why and also at the same time i feel like ask yourself how many people journalists uh, professionals, former military, like people who are and have been locked up in Russia on the same variations of these trumped up, same trumped up charges over the last two or three years, and you don't know any of them. 
And that's, that's not true. to say that she isn't important, mm-hmm. but acknowledge the fact that she is not by far the first person that this has happened to in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So while you're saying, why don't we know more about this? Why is she not the, this is, there are all of these people that you don't know any of this about who were also mm-hmm. news stories at some point, not for long mm-hmm. periods of time, but like, let's acknowledge that too. Yeah. Let's acknowledge who else is probably over there that's not a basketball player. Mm. <sighs> yeah. It's a trip. It's so many things. So I just feel like a lot of the times people get wrapped up in this, like, this should be the most important thing. And it's like, no, actually, in the grand scheme of all of the shit that we have going on right now, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It isn't. It shouldn't. I don't know how much more coverage it could get. Yeah. But I also don't feel like it's entitled to. and that i feel like that's without taking into account the realities of like race sexuality Mm -hmm. and all of the things that would move her further down the bottom of the list of people that they were going to rescue if they were interested in rescuing people Mm. yes that's so much unpacking of those things yeah i feel you oh i feel like it's unfortunate for her i feel like yeah it is unfortunate for her Mm -hmm. but not remotely the most terrible thing going on in the world right now and i'm not even talking about (laughs) russia and ukraine like i don't that's that's the sad part like there's not the (laughs) it's just like that that is not the most like like, it's unfortunate Uh, wish her the best hope her family the best i i am not convinced that this was some sort of ploy to use her as some sort of international hostage because they could have because they could have got a white woman if they wanted to or they could have got a they and they got plenty of white men that's been locked up for the same chunk Mm. of charges so it's like i don't think that this this is a conspiracy that they wanted to be Mm. But did you hear that it was like 15 years she was looking at? Was it five? I don't know. It was, it was 15. I was like, God damn. There was a guy who was um, sentenced not to nine years back in, in December the, for vape similar charges. Is vape, are vape pens illegal in Russia? Or were they trying to say it was marijuana in the vape pen? Yeah. Oh, just, but either way, like, come on. I mean, but even so, right? The Russian charges for this are not that. Yeah. It's saying, oh, you're trying to like sell these things, right? Because the, the Russian charges for marijuana are not 15 years. Like, that's not what it, it's like. Oh, no, this is like, we're going to throw all of these other things in. Mm. You are somehow going to sell this 
vape cartridge and like, <laughs> now you're a drug mule yeah like they, yeah and it's like yeah, yeah the charges yeah. are trumped up and yeah, yeah. this is unfortunate mm-hmm. and yeah it's all bullshit and yeah that's to go mm-hmm. through some shit and probably has been going through some shit and like i feel for you and your family but i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like this is all anybody should be talking about one of the things i like that um money from queer queer walk was talking about is how the real issue is the fact that she is underpaid as an athlete in a compared to like the men's basketball because she was over there playing for russia where she gets paid like a million dollars to her 250k here in the u.s and her counterpart she used as an example like james harden who gets paid 45 million dollars per season and here Brittany is like 250k so I was like she was like that's the real issue like one of the real issue like the fact that she looked like it's a it's a you know I'm like yeah that that's fucked up that's fucked up on so many levels and then I was I was listening to something else where they were talking about how um oh I was I listened to all these different podcasts lately uh what did I listen to uh bag ladies they were saying how the women's um soccer team they won for that situation of like i'm like so hopefully the WNBA get in there i know like some of the arguments like oh but it was like they had to it was like years and they had to go through appeals court and they had to do it and ultimately and they can do that and and whatever Mm -hmm. and spend the money and the time doing that but ultimately it's on their male counterparts yeah to demand that for them and of them and on their behalf and like make that happen and like stand in solidarity with them across mm-hmm. across sport, right? Like just yeah, yeah. Because women's soccer had to, they at least have the um, thing where they're like they were well way more decorated than the men's soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Versus, I, I know in, in WNBA and NBA, it's not. I mean, I think for like certain um, what's it called athletes, they could have that argument, but like that was just ridiculous with the women's soccer team. Like we bring in home the medals. And stuff, and y'all still playing us? Like that would be just. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought I was because I was like, why is she going? Why is she in Russia? And finally, I heard like, oh, listen to. She's been going um, for years, right? Yeah. Oh, most yeah. of them do go. A lot of them do go. But that's good. But she makes more money playing in Russia than she do in U.S. And that's why she's there off season, like doing this thing. So she was there for work. But it's like it's this. But if she was paid more comparable to the male like she wouldn't have to go all the way to another country to like get paid well you know and that's like that's just, that's just disgusting so i'm like that to me was like yeah that's that's the conversation that's the talk right there like she wouldn't have to be there if y'all wasn't so horrible at paying people but whatever anyway oh yeah so we um <laughs> you know for us to be like oh what we gonna chat about we had some stuff to talk about look this look there's stuff on our mind i um, I like, I'm always resistant, not resistant, but I never really like talking about, um, current events, but, um, that Ryan Coogler thing, I, I honestly, like, couldn't not say it with a straight face when I was telling my husband about it. Cause I was just like, like, yo, they straight up was just like, play my, like, he gave his information and hit like, even though, but I also was like, I was telling um, my husband about the realization I had one day when I was going to the bank and I put on a mask to go in the bank. And I was like, I never thought in a million years 
I would be in a position where before I go in a bank, I put on a mask. So like, you know, but then, yeah, I, I think yesterday I, I was reading um, the root or something about how every, and I was like, I didn't know that everybody involved was black. Thank God damn. <laughs> oh, so I was sending my sister, I was like, yeah, we need to add this because we, you know, we show like different things in our presentation like for the training I was like this is perfect because it it I struggle with articulation and this is like here it is we need to work on our um our implicit bias too we can't just be like oh white people need to fix their shit no we got shit in our community to fix too um and I can't just focus on just the gender issues because gender and um sexuality in the black community is fucked up it's horrible um, you but, know where, like, oh, I'm trying to think of examples where I see a lot of this the most. And I think that it's most often or most re- recently in my life, right? It's been a while since I've been to Newark, but I would say I feel like places like the Newark Library mm-hmm. or museums, right? Or like places like this is where I see it the most often that people, particularly staff members, right? Mm-hmm. Treat other black people horribly, but let a white person walk through them doors. Mm-hmm. It's like roll out the red carpet. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, did I ever tell you about that time I was at a Goodwill and my and I think the Newark Library, particularly the main bridge, mm-hmm. I think is the most oh yeah we did have a bad the most egregious I've there. seen there mm-hmm. because but I feel like it's the intersection right the intersection of race mm-hmm. and class and assuming that everybody that comes through those doors is of a certain class and so that also entitles me. Mm-hmm to treat you however I feel like treating you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a bad experience as a group in New York Museum, but I was just thinking about you. For some reason, it reminded me of like when I was at a, um, when Jonathan was a real, like a baby, like six months or so, I was at like a, um, what was okay, Goodwill, and he was playing with a hanger, right? Just hitting it or whatever, and I'm doing something at the counter, whatever, and the security guard just walks over and takes it from him and throws it behind the thing. I'm like, the fuck? But it's like that, like, it's especially with children. Like, it just reminded me of that. It's just like, okay, I didn't know he couldn't hang and play with that. Like, what did it bother you? Like, it wasn't like he was making a lot of noise, but he was just playing with it. And it just took it away. And like, I think of stuff like that a lot when, with that mention, like how, yeah, just navigating the world. Like, people automatically assume, like, oh, you're Black, you can't afford this, or you're not going to buy anything here, or yeah my class did a class last year somewhere and she wasn't black she was asian and it wasn't the person that runs the program but they were um the person who like the receptionist um and i brought in the check i had to come in to pay usually i just send the kids into the class and it was like going to be for like the next set of, of lessons or whatever it is. And I brought in the check. 
And she knew I was coming because the woman that runs the classes had arranged for somebody to be there because we came into, we were homeschoolers, we come to a weird time. Um, mm-hmm. And I hand her the check and she looked at me and she said, oh, I didn't expect for you to pay in full. Do you offer payment plans? Because anybody mm-hmm. who knows me, you've all, all heard me say this before, whether I have the money or not, it is less painful for me to give you smaller mm-hmm. amounts. <laughs> so I, well, I'm happy to do it. that. But yeah. it was just like, I, I didn't even know that that was an option. Like, I didn't, we didn't discuss that. I didn't ask you for that. Like, that happened at the dentist. Why is that your assumption when... when you've never seen me before in your entire life? Yeah, that's like the the dentist's office when I was paying, I wasn't complaining about the amount as much as I just wasn't prepared in that moment to pay you $600 when I came in here expecting to pay $200. So like this appointment or whatever. And there, so she was like, okay, well we can split it up and put it, do a payment. I'm like, I just need to go home to my husband and just talk about how we're going to pay this. I never asked you to put me on a payment plan or whatever, but all right. So instead of me paying that night when I got home, we waited for her to call. So then I could take care of it. And then when I paid, I paid with my American Express card. Instead, I'm like, she's like, oh, we have a card on file. Do you want to pay with a different card? We want to pay with a different card and I'm going to pay it in full. Like, what the, f- like, I don't know if you do this to everybody, but the idea that you didn't ask me if I wanted to separate this and split it up, like the, you just assume it. it's just like, whatever. I'm just- not only did I not ask, it isn't even something they do. It's not something they offer. So it's just like, what, the fuck? what are you talking about? Wait, 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 wait. I could pay this in seven. Okay, let me do the four and stuff. Oh man, we don't have that. Then, then why are we here? Why, why, why are we here? Yeah, they just be playing. Like I just, like, and it's funny off. because, like, yeah, and it's funny because with that, I'm like, I will show you how I'm not this black person, but also I'm not above paying in like food stamps if I had them. Like I ate the best of my life when my mom was on food stamps. It was my, look, look, we done gone into another. (laughs) It was a really good year for me when my mama was getting all the checks. So like sometimes my mother-in-law has like whatever. So sometimes she'll pay for something. Like, yes, pay this full with your government money. My husband is, he's a little bit more above it than I am. I don't care if they're like, this money is here. It's not coming out of my pocket. I need this food all for it but also you're gonna see that i own an american express card and i pay with that too fuck you (laughs) like it's just it's so amazing like i'm like i'm not here i didn't i don't have the shame that like i know other people have like you you know you hear about that story like oprah having like um somebody wanting to well she had a check cut up a credit card cut up in front of her or something like that i'm like uh, you know like whatever you if i if i come into a situation where my car doesn't work i'm not like a black person who's just like oh my god all these people are watching okay well i have another card I use this one. oh i don't have the money i don't care yeah <laughs> they're gonna think whatever they're gonna think about me regardless of how this turns out like if they don't see my card they're gonna assume that i'm paying with well like, whatever they're gonna have their opinions about me i don't give a fuck i don't do my kids hair oh whatever. my god have you seen this nowadays i want my recently kids to be less like ashy i've never in my life recall seeing this before but for some reason the last couple of weeks the tax refund shaming like usually Mm. there's shaming like oh you're gonna go out and race your tax refund 
oh, you bought sneakers? You went out mm. to dinner? But this is like, oh, if you're getting a tax refund at all, you don't know how to handle your money. You should be ashamed of yourself. It's like, no, that's not actually <laughs> how that works. Uh, now you money management. You can arrange you know. different things for different reasons. And like, what are y'all doing? This like need to feel like, and I'll tie it to this too, because this is the other thing. It was like these ideas of like luxury and being high class and like mm-hmm. miss me with all this bullshit. <laughs> you know when I don't feel luxurious when I'm wasting fucking money because again and it, and it circles back for me it circles back to a lot of things like I'm deserving of rest I'm deserving of nice things and when I want mm-hmm. to that's fine but there's nothing about me wasting loads of money that make me feel good mm-hmm. yeah because I it don't... goes back to the the ethics right and we talked about like how yeah. you can't I'm not impressed by millionaires because you can't get there without doing some mm-hmm. really fucked up shit yeah so like <laughs> Yeah, my brother treat myself to the things that I feel like I deserve or want or whatever. I am not this newfound obsession with like, oh, I want to like be pampered and like there's nothing wrong with being pampered, but this idea that has been going around of these like high class women and these high class mm-hmm. men like this miss me with that bullshit you just yeah. waste a lot of shit and like you can enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and and treat yourself and pamper yourself and your partner and your family or whatever without yeah. that yeah and for I me know, like my husband i could enjoy myself i, I thoroughly do enjoy myself just mm-hmm. as much picking up dinner and sitting on my deck as i do yeah. when i go on a trip or whatever but if I'm just wasting hordes of money, which at different periods in time I have done because I'm not paying attention or whatever is going on, I feel like this money could be better served somewhere else to someone else yeah. or to something else or for something else that yeah. is going to help somebody or do something, right? We talked a lot mm-hmm. about how privilege and how like we do things and we're eating the cost of a lot of those things in attempts to be community oriented or attempts to be inclusive or whatever like that to me is a better service of my waste money or whatever Mm -hmm. like just yeah than all of this nonsense but this like instagram performance of like luxury like you can go somewhere with that yeah, like I said, I was gonna say my husband talks about how I'm bougie and stuff, but it's not because like I'm not trying to be flashy. It's just that I like nice things. Like if I like one of my um one of I would love like a Buick Enclave or whatever because I like the, it's cute and I think it would ride well and be comfortable and whatever. But it's not like oh I need to like pull up so you can see how like much money like I don't give a shit about all that stuff like I have no interest in trying to like keep up with the Joneses or the whatever and then like like it just it's it seems wasteful you know I'm like I need one pair of shoes that's fine with me I don't I don't need 20 pairs of shoes I don't need all that other stuff yeah I don't get it I, I'm not um familiar with some of those things but I am very like Oh, mindful so much of, like, lately, cautious like, with like oh you shouldn't be getting a tax return no people have different financial goals and different financial 
How would you know what I'm able to get and what I... You know, what my withholdings are during the years because I can afford to do them or not. Like if I can afford Mm -hmm. to get less back during the year to Mm -hmm. have a nice bonus or like a nice chunk Mm-hmm. mid spring right before spring break and i want to go on like to turn up or whatever like because i survived winter like why is that mm-hmm. mind your business that's really where it really is <laughs> there's Be all sorts of things pockets. people can do with their after-tax money like get out of here yeah yeah, so some po- i see reactions to certain things but i never really like pay attention to all that stuff but yeah I've seen it a lot this week. And it was like, first of all, tax refunds even coming in that much, like people are still filing taxes. Like you save all this outrage for May. Listen, that's when I'm gonna be doing my donation thing again. Like when you, I, I'm so mad that I only raised two hundred dollars. I'm about to be up in your pile. Like, yo, donate. Um, I need we need donations. Um, wait till your tax return come in. So I'm gonna be hitting up people. Don't you want to do good and support the community? <laughs> but yeah, ah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we've. Um, I had a thought earlier about something, and I can't remember what it was. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, oh, I just have another thought too. before we. <laughs> because I meant to say it before when we were talking about bad mothers, mm-hmm. Julesy did a video Mm. a couple months back Mm -hmm. about toxic mothers and the point of her video the entire point of it was like this is exist and you know oh like real mothers not tv mothers real mothers and for whatever reason that they exist Mm -hmm. i want you to know that their trauma and all of the things that make them that way Mm-hmm. are what made them that way and that it is not you it is not your responsibility there's nothing that you could have done mm-hmm. but I'm telling you and I'm reminding you that they all have these traumas and here are some of the the historical context of those traumas but here's some of those traumas so that you keep that in mind as a way for you to understand that it was not you it mm-hmm. is not your fault this is a conversation we which you to would have. think would mm-hmm. be a simple, mm-hmm. simple arch, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These people lost their ever loving minds. How can you talk about this? You don't even have a toxic mother, so you don't have the right. You what? don't know my the mother. Right to what? You don't know like, to affirm what? you. <laughs> Right. So like, oh, you didn't read the whole thing. I have heard you and your telling experience you that you <laughs> okay. deserve peace from this situation. I disagree. How do you know what I deserve? How dare so you, you tell me what you talk I about the problems of discussing bad mothers? Mm-hmm. My mind immediately went to that. People well, the reason why their minds. There's a reason why I I don't feel comfortable. I mean, I might be able to. It was just like she's sharing. trying to love on you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't not feel comfortable. receive that. 
and like mother happy mother's day are certain things like being realistic about like how i feel about my mother issues or whatever because there's always somebody that'll be like well you should just be lucky that you still have a mother my mother died at 85 in the (laughs) my husband get he it makes him feel uncomfortable i'm like he his issues with my mother whatever the you know he he's a delivered experience um and he has issues with his mother and they still have a relationship and all that stuff and his mother's old and i think that plays a big part of it he also has issues with like um people's pe- feeling like people are upset with him or, or whatever so i think that that plays mm-hmm. plays into it too like um a likability thing mm-hmm. but he gets very uncomfortable because as far as i'm concerned i'm an orphan mm. <laughs> so i i understand that you feel in those situations i'm like i understand that you know you feel like your mother died and you you feel bad about that but as far as i'm concerned my mother's dead too so and i don't feel that way Mm. that's how i that's how i handle those situations but it makes my husband my husband very uncomfortable when i refer to myself as an orphan but i'm just like Mm. but should tell you how i really feel (laughs) because when Mm. it happens we shan't be going to any Mm. any funerals or any Mm. of the things like i don't Mm -hmm. i don't care and so much to the point that i have told my husband like we talk about everything we make plans you know you talk about your like end of life stuff and like i think we talked about this at co-op recently Mm -hmm. about like you know having your affairs in order and all this stuff but so Mm -hmm. much so that i have told my husband that if i should go anytime soon and certainly before any of these people that like you were to wait several months before you inform the person that we are in touch with mm-hmm. from my family that mm-hmm. I am no longer existing. Oh, he can't do how he gonna do that. And like you we him. need to for the the to spare the children, like our children, the the mess and the drama, especially because my mother in particular loves to latch on to like chaos and make it more chaotic. Mm-hmm. like no if i die and when i die you were to wait several months and not only do i need to be like burned and planted or whatever we're going to do with that mm-hmm. uh but like insurance payouts need to have been received like mm-hmm. maybe we've relocated like you need to we like real need to wait life, out. life is life has moved on significantly yeah you need to before wait out send, before sure you send like, a text that's like, hey, by the way, you need to make sure your kids are 18 and out of the house. Like before you that's gonna be hard for him. That's gonna be really hard for him. Like, we're just not, we're just not going to be involving them in any of that. They don't need to know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna have to outlive him for that to follow. <laughs> god that's gonna be hard for him well but we talk about that like uh i'm getting into estate planning my sister is like i don't want to deal with if that's something to our mother she doesn't want to deal with any of the stuff i was like i came up with the genius idea it's like what if we just make sure she gives it all to my cousin who could use it like that's whatever my mom has because neither one of us want it because she keeps thinking she keeps putting it on me i was like you are the older child i 
will not be the default. I don't know why you keep thinking I'm going to be the default. You going to be the default. So now I'm like, if I know no. what be- the plan it needs to be is to have your mother do all of that shit now. That's what I'm saying. So like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so like, I'm just gonna, that's why I was automatic. Like, I'm going to get everything the kicks into gear. Yeah. yeah like, when we get a state planet, I'm going to get a price. And I think that might be a gift to my mother that we pay for the state planet and have her leave it to my cousin. <laughs> Sounds good to me. She don't know that plan yet. But that's, I think that's my plan. Like, I don't want any part of it, right? So, like, not I mean, she can leave about, money like, to my kids, but I don't need anything. But, like, thinking about, like, there's some other family stuff going on and on the other side. And it's just like, I'm really hoping to just be left out of it altogether. No, that's my goal. I, I would love that. I know it's going to be complicated my dad. I think my feel dad feel like land. there would be some hurt feelings if that happened, but I honestly feel like the hurt feelings are better than what would happen otherwise. And like I'm not fighting anybody. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in the drama. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not about Unless to argue feel about... with you about somebody's what they what they say they want it to leave me. Like if you want it, you want it. I'm not about to fight with this. Yeah. Like I don't I don't That's want, what... I don't need no part of that energy or that. That's how I feel about stuff. Like if you really wanted somebody to have something, give it to them while you're still alive. If you really want me to have this thing, this piece of jewelry, while you are still breathing, hand it to me. It's I have for it. tax I and inheritance problems, stuff too. Like, <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> need to like spare them having to deal with estate tax that would be that's mm-hmm. the best gift. yeah i don't need that I just, I don't, anyway i don't want no part i don't want no parts all right there. all right we have gone all over the place in this conversation i'm still naming this like decolonized black parenting even even though we probably talk less about but this Basically, is part of the stop paying stop spanking your children yeah that's that's what her talk yeah yeah go get the spare the kids book and um I'll read up on Sissy Pen or just follow her on Instagram, on Facebook, because she be getting it in. <laughs> her reading, I do want to actually be um, take a Stacey Patton course and how to read people because she'd be like really mad. She literally be telling people, I'm sorry your mother didn't abort you, like, but not exactly like that. But that's basically what she's saying. And I'm just like, I love how words work for you because <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, It's been a great, hopefully we'll get through the rest of the season. Nothing will come up and you'll keep hearing from us. Keep listening. Bye.